Well, I'm hungry like you, so I'm going to keep this short if that's okay. Everybody said amen. All right, good stuff. Uh, quick question before we start. Um, have you ever felt like there was a time in your life where you didn't belong? See, we all want to belong to something. We all want to be part of something. And when we belong, there's a sense of dignity. There's a sense of hope and community. And often we thrive off of belonging. But my question is, is there a time in your life where you felt like you didn't belong? I've told this story. I'm going to tell it again because I've got the mic and you're sitting. So, But I remember when Janelle and I uh, were celebrating our anniversary. And I took her to this beautiful restaurant in uh, Charleston, South Carolina called McGrady's. They gave me $100 to pitch them this morning. So um, anyway, I have to do that. But I remember we walked in and we sat down and the waiter came up to us with his cloth across his arm and he said, welcome to McGrady's. Have you been here before? And we said, no, we've, we've not been here before. And he said, well, what is your water preference? Now you understand that I grew up in the country. Uh, we aren't very refined people. And so... I look at Janelle and I'm like, what is a water preference? Like, I only know of hot, cold, city, and well. What else is there? And I'm looking at her because I don't know what to say. And I realized in this moment that we're in a place that we don't belong. Now, my guess is you have felt like that in life at some point, whether it's at your job. Every day you show up and you do this work. And even though you're doing this work, you're not really sure how you fit into the mission of your workplace. Maybe you've had a group of friends who said they were your friends that really didn't feel like your friends because every time you were with them, you felt like you were a step behind them and you really weren't on the same level as they were. Maybe you married into a family that you felt like you didn't belong in. I'll just stop there. That's enough, right? Students and kids, have there ever been a time where you went to school and you wanted to be part of a group or sit at a table and it felt like you weren't invited? Anybody ever been there? You see, what I find interesting is that often, it's this concept not only applies to us in life, but applies in the church as well. You see, what bugs me about language in the church, churches all over the world will say things like this. Kids are the future of the church. And that really bugs me. Because we get surprised when kids leave the church, and the reason they leave the church is we've never taught them to be the church. And so we like to say at Joliet first, kids are not the future of the church, but they are the church right now. In fact, we use language like this around here. We say that kids are the kingdom. Kids are the kingdom. Say that with me. Kids are the kingdom. And you're saying, pastor, kingdom, come on. That's like theological church speak. You're right, to some degree it is. You see, I find it funny that, that, that this guy that we believe in named Jesus shows up and he doesn't talk about heaven very often like we've been taught in the church. He doesn't talk about salvation like we often think he does. In fact, he spends a lot of time talking about the kingdom. And when he shows up, he says, you can look here, you can look there. It's not here or there, but rather it is in your midst. And you're saying, what is in our midst? What does that look, what does that look like? And so we think that kingdom is any example, act, or piece of beauty that points to the work of God. Any act, example, or piece of beauty that points to the redemptive work of God. And there's no better example of that than Jesus. And so Jesus shows up and he says this. I love this. In Luke, he shows up, Luke 18, and, and he says this. Luke 18, 
Luke tells us that mothers were bringing their children to Jesus so he could hang out with them and talk with them and bless them and love them. And the disciples, his holy ones, said, uh, excuse me, you're just a child. You're not welcome here. Please go away. The scripture says it rebuked them, but that doesn't really make sense to us. In other words, they're saying, you're not worthy to hang out with us. And what I find funny in the first century is that they spent a lot of time when Jesus showed up talking about who was in and who was out. And what we learned with Jesus is the people that thought they were in were not actually in. And the people that were out were actually the ones that were in. And so Jesus says this. He said, disciples, the disciples who couldn't get it right nearly half the time, just like us. He says, I want you to stop for a minute because these children... These kids that are in our midst are the kingdom. The kingdom belongs to these kids. And I love the language he uses. He says, the kingdom belongs to such as these. Now you have to understand, when, when Jesus uses this word belong, it takes us way back to when God's forming this community that's supposed to go out into the world and bless it. And guess who is found among this community that's going out on a mission to bless the world? The word is children. And when we begin to unpack this word children, we actually learn that the word children actually means member. It means to be a member. And so we say around here that kids are the kingdom. And you're saying, well, pastor, how are kids the kingdom? The other day I was throwing the baseball with my kids. We usually play football. We were Ohio State Buckeye fans. We love football. We don't care about anything else. But we decided to get the baseball mitts out and, the, and, and the, for the first time, the hard baseball. So we're throwing this baseball around for like an hour, and they're doing a great job of catching the ball. And I'm just throw this little lob to, to Miles, and the ball comes down and hits him square in the eye. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, what are the chances? Very high, actually. But uh, I'm thinking to myself, like, out of all the times this would happen, so it hits him in the eye, and I remember he had glasses on. I remember running over, and, and I'm looking at his eye to make sure it's okay. It's not falling out of socket or anything else. And there was a little cut, and it was starting to bleed. And then Carter runs over, and he's like, what's going on? And he gets up in Miles' face, and he's like, Miles, your eye is bleeding. You're going to die. You're not going to make it. Oh, my goodness. And he's like going off about the fact that his eye is like bleeding. And so in this moment, Miles is crying. He's screaming about the, the extent of the situation. And I said, Carter, would you please shut the front door? I didn't say the front door part. You can figure out what came after that. You see, at our house, we don't use shut the front door. Uh, we just say, be quiet, please. But in that moment, I was so, like, distraught, I just told him to shut the front door. And so I came in, and I put ice on Miles' eye, and Janelle said, did you tell Carter to shut? And I said, yes. And I'm trying to justify why I said what I said, and she said, do you understand that you hurt his feelings? Oh, man. So it took nearly all day for me to muster up the courage. I found him in his room. He was hiding in a corner playing Legos. His feelings were hurt. And so I, I called him over. I sat on his bed. And I said, this is so hard to do. You know this, right? You've been here. 
I looked at him and I said, Carter, what I said was wrong and I'm extremely sorry for hurting your feelings. Now he looks at me and he says, yeah, I forgive you and walks off. Now, I don't give you that example to, to tell you I'm some great father. What I, what I tell you that for is because when is the last time you forgave somebody just like that and walked off? You see, kids get it right, and we don't. We hold grudges. We are angry at people. We get back with people. And forgiveness is about the last thing that we think about. And I love this idea that kids can be an example of what the kingdom of God looks like. It's in our midst, and they are teaching us all the time. We just don't know it. We have to be awake to it. we got to be looking for it. This morning, our, our kids stand up in front of us, and we call it a program, which, by the way, don't ever say that around me, because I will tell you to shut the front door. This isn't a program for you. This isn't something that you just come to watch your kids do. Your kids are an example of what it looks like to worship the true and living God named Jesus Christ who has died for you, been resurrected from the dead, and gives us a new life. They are an example of what it looks like to worship. I was thinking the other day, I'm wearing my community shirt. We went over. That's where everybody got poison oak, by the way. wasn't poison ivy, poison oak. A lot of our folks went to the hospital, got shots in their face. We were called the Chainsaw Church, by the way, over at uh, Physical Immediate Care. But I remember watching kids who were black and white, and they didn't care whether they were black or white. They just knew that they were kids, and they wanted to have fun, and they started playing as if they were friends their entire life. And you know what's funny is only you and me would notice the fact that they were black or white. See, kids have no labels. They have no titles. They don't care whether you are black or white or Hispanic or Asian. They just know that you're a kid and you want to have fun. And when are we going to learn that people are people? You can finish the sentence from Horton Hears of Who. You know it. <laughs> but here's what I've been thinking about this week, too. I'm almost done. Look at that, 10 minutes. I came to the realization that Carter could only forgive me to the extent at which I asked for his forgiveness. You see, kids don't know that they're supposed to forgive people unless you prompt them. What I'm trying to say is kids don't know they're supposed to forgive people unless you are the example of what that looks like. And we like to say something else around here. We believe that parents are the pastors of their family. See, you often think that the pastor is the pastor or the children's pastor is the pastor, but the reality is you are the pastor. And my challenge to the pastors, or excuse me, the parents this morning is when will you see your role as a pastor as equally as you do your role as a parent? You see, I, I love it because a lot of kids come to our church and their parents aren't here. And then they wonder why my kids don't like the church, why they leave the church, why they don't believe in God, why they don't want to be around people who believe in God. And oh, by the way, their parents never took part in it. I never understood how people could say, I believe in God, I just don't want to go be in with people who believe in God. I just don't want to go be with them. I don't understand that. See, parents, you are responsible for the formation of your students' lives. 
You are the ones that are going to teach them. You're going to nurture them. You're going to grow them. You're going to teach them to forgive, to love, to be merciful, to see everyone as equal and that everybody has a value in life. That is your responsibility. And the truth is, we only get them for one hour every Sunday. And I'm sorry, but one hour every Sunday is not going to cut it. I mean, sometimes the church is like Las Vegas. What's said here and what's done here stays here. A lot of times it doesn't translate into your house. And the reason it doesn't translate is because they don't have an example to translate for them. Now, don't take my excitement for anger. My wife tells me that sometimes I get excited. I don't know how to say it in a graceful way other than to say, parents, you are the pastors. And if you are making excuses why you cannot join your child in their spiritual formation, there's something wrong. Can I just ask you or or challenge you with this to stop making excuses and start taking initiative? I get that some of you don't believe in God. That's okay. Come to church with your kids. And when you come out of church, ask your kids questions. I'm not saying you have to believe. I'm not saying you have to agree with me. But how fun is it that you can go home and have a dialogue with your student about what they learned. And you can ask questions of them. And guess what? You might just learn something from them. So when are you going to step up, parents? When are you going to take responsibility? (laughs) Too hot to touch. When will you take initiative? That's my question for you this morning. When will you be the pastor? Kids at this church are the kingdom. We believe in them. We value them. We're even building a whole space for them. We would love for you to join us in that journey. Before I pray for you, I realize, as I always do, I forgot a couple things. I'm going to pray for the food, but a couple things. Uh, My family and I are getting some R&R this next week. Looking forward to that. We have a guest speaker that will be speaking for us next week. Looking forward to what she has to say. I'm excited. Yes, a female preacher will be in the house. I love it. We believe women are called to preach the word at this church. So we're looking forward to her preaching.